everybody, and welcome to Cold Cuts, the show where none of us have read the script until you see us receiving the scripts on screen. We are working through Nicole Tuttle Robb's Hub, and Cold Cuts is based on a concept by Declan Grogan. In episode one of Hub, strangers awake in an unfamiliar world, unsure of who they are or why they're there. Together, they wrestle with high emotions and a fear of the unknown. And I would love to introduce you to our cast. Cast, please let us know who you are, the character that you're playing, and for this episode, I kind of want to give you something a little different. We talked about how we think that maybe they're stuck in an experiment. But what if they're not? What if this is something completely different from an experiment and it's just a red herring? So I want to hear your non-experiment-related predictions. What predicament could they be in? What situation might it be that's not an experiment? What if they're not being tested on and this is something completely different? So, without further ado, I would love to introduce you to our cast, starting with Delton Inglesorrel. Hi, I'm Delton. I am playing Pink. My pronouns are he, him. Pink has not disclosed such information yet. Um, and gosh, other than an experiment, does this also exclude like tests of sorts? Yeah, that would be the uh, it's the same thing as it, unless unless it's something like a like trial. Ah, uh, it's a it's like ish. There's a Venn diagram, but All right, it's not a it's circle. A mud run. It's a really fucked up mud run. Okay, because there's no mud. It all dried up, and that's why the ground's cracked. So it's more like a sand run. Yes. Hey, you know, running on sand is a challenge. Oh my gosh. If you want to tear up your calves, go for it. Well, I mean, I tear up my calves regardless, just the act Yay. of moving. But yeah. I didn't get an intense cramp last night when I was just sleeping and doing nothing. <laughs> no, never. I didn't wake up like. <gasps> so then what motivation would they have for testing this? Uh, well, either they all need to remember that they have courage or they need to learn courage, because that's what the sign said. And I'm just, I'm going to go with what the instruction manual does, because it ends up bad if I don't. <laughs> well, hey, it's it's something. So we'll see. Up next, we have Corey Sapienza. Hello, I am Corey. Hi. <laughs> um, I use they, he pronouns, um, and I'm playing yellow. And, oh gosh, non-experiment theory? Maybe it's just straight up the end of the world. And Ooh. like... Everyone else is dead, and it's just us, and this is what we are left with. I don't know how we've reached this point, but that's what I have for you. Well, you did bring up last week that this reminded you of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. That was not me that said that. Oh, it was that Aubrey that said Aubrey. that. My apologies. Yep. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, he was very close to I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is that it's the end of the world, they're the last ones left, things are getting warped by an evil AI. That's that's not off the table. But then why? Why do you think that would be the case? I mean, if it's not an experiment, maybe it's just like my brain cannot fathom a situation in which this isn't an experiment or like the end of the world. Like I'm like, what what else could be going on, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I definitely recommend that you read I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. It's only right. about 20 pages, but it actually hews very, very close to what you just said. And I'm not going to spoil the short story for anyone, but there is a very clear motivation for why things are happening, and it's not experimental. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And then Aubrey, who we just discussed, Aubrey Poppleton. Thank you for bringing up that story, too. It's it's a great one. Yeah. Har- Harlan Ellison has a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm Aubrey. They, them. And I guess another one I mentioned last week was uh, it's a twisted saw game. And like we all did something and now it's a game to the death and stuff. Yeah, I love that idea. And why then would that be? And who would put them in that situation? Who would be their judge? Who would be their jigsaw, as it were? I guess we have yet to find out. But another thing we discussed, because like in the first saw, he's there the whole time. And it might be one of us. Ooh. Do you want to point some fingers right now? I don't know. It's like I love playing villains. So like part of me is like, please be me. Well, all right. You're welcome to you're welcome to call it yourself. I mean, red is the color yeah. of blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like last week, everyone was like, it's like there's the quiet people, and it's like red's also quiet. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the chat, we have uh, Delton, who is pink, yelling at blue. Yeah. Uh, why do you think it's blue? And then blue, played by Crystal, is saying red. So I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking these predictions here. Why blue, Delton? Too friendly. She's like, hey, we can all be friends and get through this. We can do, we can make it happen. You know, we just have to stick together and don't leave each other's sight and always be able to be observed. But it'll be great. It's all going to be okay. Oh, come on. You know splitting the party's always a bad idea. Oh, from chat. Maybe it's just Clue. The movie from 1985. Love that <laughs> I movie. I love that Clue. movie. <laughs> yeah, the idea that this might be, have multiple endings where multiple people are the problem that might even include Emery as the narrator. We'll see. I'd love to be the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to be the problem because I'm here, but not. Emery just breaks the fourth wall and starts (laughs) roasting us. Oh my God, can that be a thing, please? And Pink continues to be a passive-aggressive asshole. (laughs) That that happened in my first Cold Cuts storyline. The broadcast, the fourth wall got like absolutely shattered in the last episode. The writer literally wrote things like in the script. It was like Emery. And so it was me talking as me, but she'd written it. So if that happened twice... Then I could use the like doof and schmerz. If I decide I have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened. Oh, I have rats on my fingers and I just can't stop. <laughs> okay, our next actor is Grant Stephen Patrizio. Oh, hi, convenient. Got to unmike for the wonderful timing. Uh, I'm Grant. I play Orange and. Uh, Because I have absolutely no clue, I am going to just improv and say they got way too trashed at the last Coachella and are trying to find their way back home. And the sign of courage that they saw was some untaken down decorations. That's pretty amazing. Otherwise, I have no idea. (laughs) I mean... At this point in the story, literally all of these predictions are equally weighted. So <laughs> I see no reason why it couldn't be like a dude wears my car situation. <laughs> and uh, in chat, of course, uh, Corey has said, I really hope that's the one. <laughs> so just saying that's not outside the realm of possibility, if not probability. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I mean, we'll get we'll get further hints in this story. Probably. Nicole knows how to write, so I imagine that the story will actually have some further hints to it, rather than just leaving us with more questions than answers, like, <coughs> lost. 
<coughs> or, or Kingdom Hearts. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Up next, we have Marissa Catherine. Hello, my name is Marissa. She, her pronouns. I play green. And my prediction, I'm so glad. I'm so worried. So it was going to take it before me. Um, I'm going with Outlander style. We have walked into a portal. We are either Ooh. in another dimension or a near, like, super far away future that we have to try to figure out. And no one knows anything because portals, you know. Right. <laughs> so why that particular portal at why that particular time and who put it there? That's, again, I feel like we got to figure that one out. It could have just been sheer luck that we all stepped into separate portals that connected or maybe we all were together when it first happened. So it's an isekai story. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, there like we it. go. You got it. Yeah, I like that. I play those games. Oh, Grant has mentioned uh, that this is the prequel to Portal and we meet GLaDOS when they were human. I would love that. I think it's going to have to be Portal with the serial numbers filed off because I don't know if we got the copyright grants for that. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I mean, there's no reason. Yeah, valid. <laughs> yeah. It's Portal with a zero. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like glowing circle. No one copyrighted glowing circle. N nobody's copyrighted the, the concept of passive aggressive robot. So I'm just saying. I made a potato Gladys poster and I have it out there and it's just on the wall. You can't just tell us this and not show us another day. Like I not will, right now because I, I don't want to throw off the proof. pacing. But like next week. Need to see that. <laughs> Up next, Crystal Lee. Hi, I'm Crystal, uh, pronouns she, her, and I play Blue. The one that, uh, well, I think Delton is uh, incredibly suspicious of. But I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't. I think I'm innocent. But isn't that what a traitor would say? Who knows? Uh, but okay, my prediction, my prediction is that this, if it's not an experiment, this is just an all-new immersive gaming experience, a la Westworld, but... They take it a step further and erase your memories because it's like, you know, why don't why not just start with a blank slate in this in this sandbox world? I huh, get it because it's all sand. <laughs> Experience purgatory. Yeah, it, see, see, see. Um, yeah, maybe it's like even an escape room sort of deal where they're like, you know, you, you all your memories are gone, but you got to work together. This is a corporate team building event. So, do they get their memories back as a reward if they finish? I think they get them back either way, but... But then what's the point of the corporate team building if there are no stakes? Oh, good point. But they don't know the stakes if they don't have their memories. So they just have to work together, and then later they'll get their memories back and be like, we did that. Uh, we worked all together. So even though you ate my lunch from the office that past week, we can be a team. Like, that kind of thing. Except you still owe me lunch. If you're already part of the machine, if you're already part of the man and the corporate world... The stakes have never been higher, dude. You gotta get rid of the Kool-Aid, man. Out. You gotta, 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 gotta do that juice cleanse, but, like, with your memories. So I actually think that the idea that it's a corporate team-building exercise where your mind is erased is probably the darkest of any of the suggestions <laughs> we've heard so far. It's also, like, exactly what I think people would do for corporate team-building exercises in the future. Uh -huh. Because, yeah. specifically because... There's no conceivable way it would actually serve its purpose. And corporate team building <laughs> exercises never actually just serve like, their oh, purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just going to get your memories back and be like, oh, yeah, you were a dick in the real world, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember now. I've, I've hated you for so much longer than this last, like, however long. <laughs> no wonder I hate your guts. No wonder I, I hate think your guts. you're the traitor. It all makes sense. 
now. <laughs> I want it to turn out to be Zay Frank's purgatory simulator where you're just person and if you walk off the edge of the square, then you just come back as a chicken. <laughs> what? Everyone look up Zay Frank's purgatory simulator when you can. It's a great time. It's very good. Another another suggestion by Aubrey in chat is we're on the future episode of Survivor. That would be also extremely dark. But don't doesn't Survivor take place on an island? I think is it takes place in island? several different it could different be a large island kind of environments. It's a psychological I- island. Ah. I feel like the reality show angle is also extremely dark because it is totally something that I could see happening once mind erasing technology is a thing. Like that is absolutely something I think people would do. And like the only person that gets their memory back is the person who wins. That'd be horrible, but actually probably happen. Awful. I mean, maybe if you didn't like your memories, you're fine with it. You know, when you signed up, if you're like, if I don't get them back, that's cool. Oh, shit. That's really sad. It's just a bunch of people who hate their lives and they're like, well, either way, at least I won't be myself anymore. Well, there's an idea for a story arc in season two. Someone write that down. Anybody get Neil World Ends With You vibes from that suggestion? The whole Reapers game thing? Because that came to mind. I haven't played it. Intriguing story, similar premise. I'll stop being a weeb now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind you being a weeb, but we also do have a time frame that we have to stick with, which is why I am now introducing Emery Chase. Hi, I'm Emery. I use any pronouns. I'm narrating the story. And I have a couple ideas. One of them was was reality show. That was going to be one of my suggestions, like a future survivor kind of thing. Although so far, there's not been any indication of a voting system. But specifically, I think that whatever it is, The fact that, like, a mountain appeared spontaneously is leading me to believe that we're looking with, like, looking at some kind of, like, uploaded consciousness situation. So I feel like if it is a reality show, I think it's taking place in, like, a digital capacity. Or my other theory is that it's, like, a a good place kind of deal. Um, Everyone's dead. And this is, like, their afterlife. But it's not, like, heaven or hell or whatever. It's, like, some kind of specific afterlife thing curated to you with a small group of people. And then that would also, you know, coincide with like that this is clearly not taking place in a realm that is abiding by the laws of physics. That does make perfect sense. And being a big fan of The Good Place, I'll all over such that. It's such, such a, a great show. show. So yeah, I think either everyone's dead or we're on Future Survivor. Or I guess not we. I'm not on Future Survivor. <laughs> or maybe you are. Maybe maybe, maybe your narration. Yeah, maybe your narration is being aired as part of the story to the the audience of the future. You're the, the I'm the show, I'm MC. the announcer on Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, your suggestion also ties in with what with Aubrey's discussion again of I have no mouth and I must scream, which I'm bringing back to because there's so many parallels. But you know, the AI in there can just be like, I want a mountain. Ergo, mountain happens. Yeah. Producers, can you please send the actors their scripts? Actors, when you receive it, make sure to give us a thumbs up so we know when to proceed. Chat, if you're not chatting, make sure that you are subscribing to us. We are Twitch affiliates. So when you subscribe to us, we get money and you show your support for independent theater, which funds our projects both offline and on. And you want that, don't you? Don't you? Yeah, you want to support indie theater. Okay, people are starting to receive their scripts. All right, that is everyone. All right, let's get started on Hub, Episode 2, Courage. 
by Nicole Tuttle. Six strangers stood cautiously at the mouth of a cave, basking in the eerie red light that emanated from a large metallic circular structure resting out in the barren field ahead of them. So what? We're supposed to just walk into it? That doesn't seem like the best idea. Yeah, no way in hell I'm going to be somebody's lab rat. It seems that it is too late for that. Listen, I've been following you all day, watching you make stupid decisions. I'm done. Then what are you going to do? Just sit back and relax. What part have we been kidnapped? Don't you understand? Courage. What did you say, Blue? Uh, the word on top of that thing, it says courage. Like the Wizard of Oz? The Wizard of what? You're kidding me, right? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Go ahead, say it more times. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, maybe you just do not remember it, like your name. But then how does Yellow remember it? How do I? I have another theory. Oh, of course you do. Well, I believe our core memories have been taken from us, memories pertaining to who we are, our lives. And yet, the arbitrary information remains. We have retained our basic information, vocabulary, various trivia, and, at least in my case, specialized knowledge. Specialized? Uh, medicine. I understand it. I, I can recall complicated procedures. I, I do not know who I am, but I do know this. Forgive me if I don't sign up for an appendectomy anytime soon. He's right. It's like we have the base knowledge without understanding why we know it. Well, what we do know is that we need to go in there. That seems like the opposite of a good idea, actually. I'm with Green on this one. We can't just sit here and do nothing. And why not? Because I don't want to find out what happens when you quit playing the game. Huddled together at the mouth of the cave, overlooking the bright red circle of light that beckoned for them, the captives each took steadying breaths. Red gripped Blue's elbow and led her away from the group for a moment and lowered his voice to speak for her. Blue, are you sure about this? Of course not, but it's pretty clear what they want from us. I'm inclined to give it to them. What if they never stop asking? Well, by then, hopefully we know more about what we're dealing with here. You're hoping to do some recon? They're studying us. Well, why shouldn't we study them right back? I suppose that's... valid. Look, the more you know about your opponent, the easier it is to take him down. I hope you're right. Oh, hun, I know I'm right. You coming with me? I have a feeling I can trust you. I'm with you. Smart choice. You two want to share with the class? We're going in that thing, and we're going to find out what's going on here. Oh, are we? Who appointed you queen? Look, I'm not trying to be anybody's queen, but I'm tired of sitting here not knowing anything about what's happening. There are answers in there. I can feel it. So I'm going. I'm going to. If Blue's going, then so am I. I'm going to regret this. It does seem like the most logical avenue. You're all completely cracked! Come with us or don't. It's your choice. With determined steps... Blue made her way across the 50 feet between her and the circle of light. Red and yellow followed closely behind. Red's hands were firmly planted in his pockets, while yellow's face was etched with fear. Green cast one disappointed glance in Orange's direction before jogging off to reach the others. Orange once again was left alone in the wake of his newfound allies. He watched their silhouettes as they approached the bright red light, 
that seemed to glow even more vibrant the closer they got. He bounced on the balls of his feet in unrelenting indecisiveness. Bunch of psychos. What, gonna leave me all alone here? God damn it. Wait up! Orange bounded after the others just in time to meet them at the precipice of the alluring light. <sighs> I hope you know what you're doing. <sighs> me too. And they took a step. In a flash, the world around them shifted. First, there was light, then darkness, then light again. Gone was the dry, cracked, barren wasteland, and gone was the red circle of light. In its stead, the captives were greeted by the sight of a tall, ivy-covered estate. The grounds around it were manicured and well-kept, with flowers brightly decorating the front of the building and the bright green grass, almost too vibrant in color below their feet. Where are we? A loud ringing came from the building ahead, followed by a bustling of small children in dark blue uniforms carrying backpacks as they rushed through the front door. The captives watched the scene in front of them for a moment, shocked, unmoving, as the children settled inside, ready for what seemed like just another day at school. Children! Did you not hear the bell? You are supposed to be in your first period classroom at this moment. Uh, who are you? What the hell are you doing to us? Watch your language, young man, or I will write you up. Who are you? I am not amused by your behavior this morning, young man. All of you will report to class immediately, or it's detention. Don't let me find you out here again. Um, what the actual hell is going on? Why do we all look like we're teenagers? I look the same. Because you are a teenager. Fair point. Okay, so we walked through the lot and arrived at a boarding school wearing uniforms and looking like children. How does that happen? They glanced down at their clothes. Each of them were dressed in a blue blazer, paired with either long, dark blue pants or a plaid skirt. The school's crest displayed proudly on their breast pocket, a shield divided into six equal sections of color. Blue green, red, yellow, orange, and pink. Above the crest, three letters were embroidered in bright white thread, popping off the blue background. H-U-B. Hump. Hump. What is that? A clue? Yeah, well, does your clue explain why we're here? We walked through a portal. Portals don't exist. And yet, here we are. I think it is time to expand your idea of what you thought was possible, Red. But this is the stuff of science fiction. Then why is it our current reality? I don't know. I don't know. It's all right, Red. We're going to figure this out. I am not going to school. Listen, if we're going to play along with this whole thing, we're going to school. And soon, too, because I don't want detention. The six of them quickly shuffled inside the large oak door at the front of the brick-and-mortar school building. Inside, the halls were ornate and decorated with plaques and memorabilia, showcasing decades of school successes and achievements. This place is pretty impressive. It is also more than likely a simulation. Where are we supposed to go? Uh, to class? Come on, follow me. They quickly filed into an open classroom, 
and saw six open desks directly in the center of the room. On each desk sat a name tag that read the colors that adorned their metallic bracelets, which still were enclosed on their wrists, the names that they had already given to each other. This is getting freaky. Getting freaky? Pretty sure we've been there. Oh, children! Good, you made it. Please have a seat quickly. We're about to start our lesson. Oh, it better not be math. Moving quickly through the rows of desks, they found their seats and watched as their teacher began the lesson. As you are all aware, this school is a well-renowned institution. Our dark magic defense program is the first of its kind in North America. Did she just say dark magic? Did she just say America? Yeah, pretty sure that's what I heard. Now, class, what is the first thing you are taught in your recognizing dark magic seminar? Good. Is anyone else getting a little nervous? I think I'd rather be at regular school. Exactly. Now, please open your textbooks to page 34 and complete the practice questions. Yes, Mr. Yes, yes, Grace. Grace. The students around them reached inside their bags and pulled out a large textbook titled Magic and Me the deluxe edition, and turned to the assigned page to begin their work. The teacher nodded with satisfaction before stepping out of the room. So, Blue, what's the plan? Uh, courage. What? The arch said courage, so I think we're gonna have to be brave. (laughs) Easier said than done. So what are we looking for here? Uh, a reason to be brave? Like what? Perhaps, like a strange occurrence, anything dangerous that has recently occurred. Hi, I'm sorry I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I couldn't help it over here. You're looking for something strange going on. Why? Do you know something? There's been a few students who've been mysteriously disappearing. Is that kind of what you meant? Um, yeah, that's probably exactly what we're looking for. Thank you. Conveniently placed NPC with loads of information. Uh, What can you tell us about those kids who've disappeared? I don't know much, but I do know that each of the kids were in detention last Friday. What are their names? Malachi, Eve, and Hank. They're my friends. When were they seen last? Before detention on Friday. They never came back to school on Monday. So now we're supposed to play Nancy Drew? Uh, hey, what's your name? I'm Teresa. Are you going to help find my friends? Absolutely not. Of course we are, Teresa. We will help you. Thank you. Thank you all. The echoing chime of the bell indicated it was time to move. The students packed up their desks and exited the classroom. I'll see you around. Thanks again. Okay, so we need to find these missing kids. Easy enough? We should find out more about these children. How do you suggest we do that? There are a few different avenues, of course. We could speak to more of the student body, see if anyone knows more than Teresa. I can do that. I'll see if Teresa knows of anybody else who was friends with them. I will accompany you. There's probably information on them in the office, you know, like records, stuff like that. Ooh, breaking and entering? I'm in. (laughs) Okay. Well, that leaves Red and I to figure out what happened to those kids in detention. How are we going to do that? We're going to get detention. But I I mean, isn't that a bit rash? I mean, there are other ways of finding that out. 
Like what? Um, well, we could... I mean, there's... I'm... I've never been detained before. <laughs> well, don't worry. I have a feeling this one won't count. So, we have our missions then. It appears so. Good luck, everyone. And don't forget, be brave. And so they went their separate ways. Green and orange headed down the hall in search of the office. Yellow and pink followed the majority of the kids down the hall, and blue moved towards the front of the school, followed by a reluctant-looking red. It didn't take long for green to see the office sign hanging high above an old, ornate set of double doors with glass panels. That's it. Right there. So, what's the plan? I don't know. You were the one who was all excited to break in. Figured you'd done it before. I mean, maybe I have. I, I don't remember. So what? I distract them and you sneak in? Do I look like I'm good at stealth? <sighs> we're wasting time. <laughs> what do you want to do? Fine. I'll sneak in. Uh, what were the kids' names again? Oh my gods. I'll go in. You distract them. Fine. Wait for my signal. Orange sauntered through the double doors, swinging them wide open, offering Green plenty of room to follow. Excuse me, uh, I have an issue that needs immediate attention. What seems to be the issue, dear? I, um... Orange glanced over his shoulder at Green, who was watching him from just outside the office door. Green shrugged and waved at Orange on to continue. Dear, what can I do for you? I, um, I, um, I, I feel faint. Uh, yes, they're uh, very faint. Uh, oh my, is, is this room supposed to be full of stars? Oh, down I go. And down he went. As Orange feigned fainting, he collapsed on the ground. The secretary from behind the desk quickly jumped up to assist. Oh no, oh, I'm coming. Once the way was cleared, Green slipped past and made her way into the office behind the front desk with the door labeled Student Records Room. Across the hall, Yellow and Pink had tracked down Teresa. There were a few kids that they talked to, but they mostly kept to themselves. So they were all friends with each other? Yeah, they're all in the same club. That could be the link. What club is it? Stargazing. They spend a lot of time in the astrology tower looking out at star patterns and studying astralination. Astralination. The school of magic that utilizes the star's locations. Weren't you all paying attention in Schools of Magic 101 last year? Are they the only ones who are in that club? <sighs> no. Who else is there? Jeb from Homeroom and... Uh... You can tell us, Teresa. Me. I'm in the club, too. I think a safe assessment would be that you and Jeb might be in danger. Uh, what do you mean? It appears this club has something to do with their disappearances. Following that logic... You think I'm next? Don't worry. I'll protect you. I mean, uh, we, we will protect you. Thank you. You mentioned class with us last year, so you remember us being in class with you. Of course. We've always had classes together. What do you think our names are? <laughs> what a silly question. Anyways, I gotta get to class. I'll see you around. Be careful, okay? Don't go getting detention or anything. <laughs> Never. This simulation goes deeper than I even imagined possible. 
this is an extraordinary technological framework. Maybe stop being impressed and start figuring out how we can save Teresa. She does not actually exist, Yellow. I, I know that, but we still need to save her. Courage and all that. We should track down this Jeb and see if they know anything. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. At the entrance of the school, Red and Blue stood at the doorway, looking out over the lawn. And there isn't another way. Those kids were seen before detention. That's the last time they were seen, meaning something happened to them when they were there. That does seem to be where the story's headed, doesn't it? Listen, Red, you don't have to come with me if you don't want to. It's not that, I just... What is it? I'm terrified. Of getting detention? No, of discovering the truth. Oh. This is some horrific, elaborate experiment, and I know we're all trying to figure out why us, and who put us here. I just have this overwhelming feeling that I won't like the answer. And I'm not sure I'm ready to know. I know that sounds ridiculous. No, it doesn't. Not at all, actually. But I do want to help. I really do want to get out of here. I know. I'm scared, too. You certainly don't show it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why, but I feel like I have to be strong. I hide how much this whole thing terrifies me. Like, like I've done this before. You think we've been here before? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. All I know is that my primal instinct being tested, and I know how to react to that, and I don't think that's an unfamiliar feeling. That's what we wanted, right? To learn more by going through the portal. Exactly. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Back at you, partner. So, what's the plan here? Well, the uh, headmistress didn't want us out on the lawn when we were supposed to be in class, right? You think it's that simple? Well, why not? You want to have a little fun with it? Well, I didn't say. Blue took off at a dead sprint outside the school doors and bolted for the lawn just outside. She waved her arms wildly and jumped up and down. Woo! Hello, hub school! Uh, these are your morning announcements! Listen one and listen all! What are you doing? Having some fun! Join me, won't you? Red teetered nervously at the doorway watching Blue as she danced and jumped across the open lawn joyfully. Woo! Several windows of the school that faced the lawn began to swing open, and the sound of laughing children filled the air. <laughs> now or never. Red forced himself forward, racing to close the distance and join Blue in her gleeful expression. Um, yes, today's lunch is, um... Absolutely disgusting! <sighs> Laughter exploded from the open windows. And, um... Don't forget today's opposite day. Whatever your teachers tell you to do, do the opposite. <laughs> the laughter continued, and Blue smiled encouragingly at Red. Keep going! And when you see the headmistress, don't forget to... <laughs> <clears throat> forget to what? Uh, Busted. <laughs> Red gulped <clears throat> as the foreboding shadow of the headmistress loomed over him. He turned slowly to face her and smiled shyly as he scanned her face, which was twisted in a furious expression.
Ah, headmistress, there you are. Well, that's funny, we were just talking about you. <laughs> mm, I can see that. You two have created quite the display here. Well, we thought y'all needed a laugh. Do I appear to be laughing? No, no, you do not. Mm, quite right. Detention, both of you. Oh, darn, so unfair. No, please don't. I will see you after school. That was... <laughs> Hilarious! Come on, tell me you didn't have fun. <laughs> it was a bit thrilling. All right, come on. Let's go find the others, see what they found out. Orange was being escorted carefully to the school's nurse's office by the secretary. They entered a door with a glass panel. The name on the class read Mr. Healthman. Your nurse's name is Mr. Healthman? Healthman? Really creative. You just lie down, dear, and relax. We'll get you taken care of. There's some books here you can read if you want to. Yeah, uh, thanks. As the secretary shuffled out of the room, Orange began to ruffle through the items on the desk. Okay, books, books, uh, books, uh, boring. Averis's Guide to the Supernatural, uh, hmm. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is the good stuff. Files, okay. What am I looking for? Uh, huh. Well, that could be something. Across the hall, Green was sneaking into the records room. She walked past the empty front desk with ease and slipped into the closed door, gently closing it behind her. Okay, if I were student records, where would I be? Green carefully tore through the filing cabinets in search of the names Malachi, Eve, and Hank, rifling in each drawer quickly until she came across their names. Gotcha. All right. Huh. All had detention last week. Tsk, tsk, tsk. Let's see. What got you thrown in there? Sometime later, the six reconvened in the hallway, each with satisfied looks on their faces. How'd it go? Turns out Malachi, Eve, and Hank got detention for giving the headmistress a cross look. <laughs> Sounds like a load of crap to me. They were handpicked to go to detention that day. What makes you say so? We found out that they were all a part of the same club, stargazing. Teresa and one other kid named Jeb are also in it. Oh, did you talk to this Jeb kid? Yep, and guess who got detention today? So they're targeting those kids specifically? Yes, it appears so. Did Teresa get detention? Not yet, but I'm guessing it's just a matter of time. We have to stop this. All right, well, Red and I scored ourselves a one-way ticket to today's detention, so we can keep a close eye on them, figure out what they're doing. How'd you manage that? <laughs> don't, don't ask. So now we wait? We wait. The day dragged on as the six of them waited for the final bell to toll. When the last ringing bell echoed through the halls, Blue and Red bid their friends goodbye and made their way to detention, where the others would be waiting nearby. Walking into the empty classroom, they took seats near the back. Eventually, a shorter student with light brown tousled hair made their way into the room. With a slight dejected nod in Red and Blue's direction, they took a seat just as a familiar face entered the room. Teresa's eyes were red and her face blotchy as she scurried into the room and took a seat. Blue and Red watched them carefully as the headmistress sauntered into the room. Well, you all know why you're here. Some of your offenses are more grievous than the others. 
And because of that, we have decided that your punishments should fit your crimes. Teresa, Jeb, you two will follow me to a separate location for your detention. One guess as to why she chose them. Should we follow? Time to be brave. As the headmistress led Teresa and Jeb from the room, red and blue followed a short distance behind. Do you see them anywhere? Over there. Red waved discreetly towards their companions, who were huddled behind a trophy cabinet. They followed behind carefully. Come on, y'all. We can't lose them. Staying close behind the headmistress and the two students, they traveled through the now-emptied main halls of the school until they reached a dark and spiraling staircase. She's leading them to the tower. Ah, of course. The astrology tower. It is where the clubs meet. Let's go. Come on. Hold on here. What's our plan? Have courage. That's your way of saying you have no plan, right? Yellow shrugged before making their way up the staircase after the headmistress. The others followed closely, up and up. The stone spiral seemed to continue on for ages. As they neared the top, the sound of distant chanting emerged from the tower. Can anyone hear what they're saying? Not from here. Then let's go save these kids. Blue and Yellow nodded before climbing up the remaining stairs and sneaking to the edge of the open tower. The sight before them was unlike anything they've ever encountered before. Five students, including Jeb and Teresa, stood in a circle around a large object somewhat resembling a telescope in the center of the room. Their eyes closed and palms outstretched towards the ceiling as they chanted. Lightning crackled from the device as the chanting grew louder. We ask for the light. 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 We see the spark. Bring forth the fear. With stars our guide. Bring forth the fear. They cannot hide. That's comforting. Louder! It's almost time. Look at the kids. They're they're being drained. Their eyes glanced over the students they assumed to be Malachi, Eve, and Hank. Their clothes were disheveled, and their skin seemed sunken in and sickly pale. We have to stop her. Want me to tackle her? Be careful. She clearly has some magic of her own. We could electrocute her. How do you propose we do that? Use what she is trying to harness against her. Okay, but how are we going to get her over there? Leave that to me. Just get those kids aiming their lightning that way. We need a conductor. Water. We need to get her to stand in water at the base of that telescope. Aye, aye, Captain. Water coming right up. What about them? We keep them safe. Blue made her way into the room, keeping her back to the wall, and slowly moved around the large circular room towards a table that was decorated with beakers and cylinders of various liquids. Orange cracked his knuckles before stalking towards the headmistress. We need to make sure none of those kids are in the water. We can do that. But they cannot stop chanting. That will stop the lightning. The sound of static filled the air, growing ever louder with each word of the chant from the students. The headmistress stood admiring the work with wicked intent in her eyes. Yes, louder. We've almost got it. Not if we have anything to say about it. Blue gripped a large container of liquid and bolted for the telescope at the center <sighs> of the room. Carefully but hastily, she poured the contents onto the ground at the base. The liquid pooled slowly and began expanding outward. 
Hurry! We need them to move before it touches them. What do you think you're doing here? You rotten children, you'll ruin everything! Yeah, that's the point. Orange rushed forward to the headmistress and with his shoulder managed to push her backwards towards the telescope. Careful, Orange! Orange led her to the pool of liquid and narrowly avoided it himself as she fell backwards into it. No! I was so close! Get ready to move them. With the next bolt of lightning, the electricity traveled instantly through the water. The headmistress let out a blood-curdling scream as the lightning coursed through her. Move now! Yellow and Pink quickly pulled back on Teresa, Jeb, and another student, easily avoiding the spreading liquid conductor. Come on, Green, move! Green pulled on the collars of the remaining students, just in time for all three of them to narrowly avoid the pool that chased them. Uh, it almost got me there. The headmistress's screams echoed through the tower until her body slumped to the ground and suddenly silence replaced them. Is everyone okay? Teresa, are you okay? Uh-huh. What... what happened? We saved you. It's okay. You're okay. Thank you. Thank you. Saved the kids and killed the bad guy. Sounds pretty brave to me. And it was. In that moment, a bright red light flooded the room. Everyone shielded their eyes as a familiar-shaped portal appeared in the center of the tower. <laughs> Looks like we did it. Great. I'm getting the hell out of here. Orange quickly sauntered through the portal. Green, pink, and red followed soon after. Blue was about to follow suit before noticing yellow lingering behind. You coming, kid? Give me a minute. Uh, sure thing. Blue disappeared into the portal, leaving yellow behind. Do you have to go with them? Are you going to be okay if I do? I will now. You helped us. You all did. Will I see you again? Of course you will. Really? Tomorrow, in class, silly. Oh, right. <laughs> it was really nice meeting you, Teresa. Take care, okay? See you soon. Yeah. And Yellow stepped reluctantly into the portal, enveloped briefly in a bright light, then darkness, then light again. It took a moment for their eyes to readjust. They glanced around at their companions and saw their faces etched in confusion and wonder. The canvas of the earth, once dry, cracked, and barren, was now covered in lush green grass as far as their eyes could see. What does this mean? A reward, perhaps? Yellow glanced around, their gaze landing on green. They surveyed them for injuries, worried about her close call earlier when they noticed something etched on her metallic wristband. Eve. Yeah? It's on your bracelet. Who's Eve? Me! Oh my gods! I'm Eve! Eve is my name! I remember my name! Wait, me too! <gasps> so do I. They all glanced down at their bracelets, now proudly displaying their names etched into the metallic frame. And in addition to the name now proudly displayed on its surface, the colored band running through the center now included a small section of red, a red that mirrored the color from the portal. What does this mean? It means this game is just getting started. End. Bum, bum, bum. Portals. 
So before we start our discussion, I want to give a shout out to Sinel, who subbed for another three months, saying, loving the premise of the story. Thank you so much for your report, uh, your your support, Sinel. That really means a lot to us. Um, so uh, good job, Marissa, calling portals. Uh, it almost seems like portals within portals within portals. Like this is portals all the way down. But a big question that I want to ask everybody is, so do you think science, magic, or both? I mean, with how, like, I sort of feel like it's, like, it's tough to say whether or not it's strictly science or magic, because I feel like I've seen this sort of plot thread before, where an intrepid group of heroes go through, like, five or six different locations, solving tests that are specific to that location to prep for a final boss of sorts. And the fact that the word game was dropped, especially at the end there, makes me think more science, just because it's like... Actually, no, I should reverse that. Makes me think more magic... Because this could be something straight out of a D&D dungeon master's head. Oh, like warping people, yeah. warping people between portals. And this is all just some meta inside look at somebody's uh, tabletop D&D campaign. Only, <laughs> only D&D players go, I'm not good at stealth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 good, good point. That's good point. True. I, I thought of that immediately. Hey, the thing is, I'm the one last time that said, I don't do tabletops. This is true. It's so poetic. You're learning now whether you like it or not. That doesn't mean I'll actually play. But. (laughs) I mean, if your prediction is correct in a meta sort of way, you are playing. I'm playing this campaign. It's scripted and I'm paid. So. (laughs) You've joined us. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, hmm, it's like I'm all for D&D, but like, it feels more like a matrixy like simulation thing. I think we can probably rule out corporate team building, though. I don't know if you would send corporate team Survivor. building to like a high school. I don't, I don't know about that. Corporate Future team building. Survival You're suddenly is, high yeah, school no, wizards. Yeah. Ready, go. <laughs> yeah. Future yeah, Survivor mean, is still on the table. Potter. Yeah. Seems like we have a task for each color is what I'm yeah. kind of going on. Or multiple colors, because it, it wasn't just green that unlocked her name. But we just don't know the well, other Well, but everyone names. got, like, red on their bracelet. So yeah. I think what but Marissa's also, saying is that there would be... On. Oh, right, right. What's everybody's new name? Like, our, our yeah, old names? Yeah, yeah. Just like, my name. Because, like, okay, we got Eve, who was one of the students that got rescued. And the other names were Malachi and, and Hank. Hank. So are, are we... Are, are there Are there more? Is one of us Teresa? Is one Red, of us Red, blue? One know. of us is Jeb. Jeb. Who's Jeb? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be Jeb? Jeb and die. I don't know who's Jeb, but I feel like it would be hilarious that the big brooding yelling guy who doesn't do tabletops and is speaking in tabletop terms is Jeb. I think that would just be poetic <laughs> from a comedic standpoint. That would make me so know. happy. I don't know if this is like relevant. But something that interested me early on in the episode is how everyone was like, oh, like Wizard of Oz. And then Blue couldn't remember it. And then, you know, Pink's theory. If Pink's theory is correct, that kind of implies, I mean, either Blue just in her real life has absolutely no knowledge of like pop culture or 
it implies that like Wizard of Oz is somehow a core memory or like significant to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's gonna come back in a substantial way. Oh my! Well, speaking I of, are you Dorothy? Dorothy? I am Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, like, are you Dorothy? Like, what's the <laughs> next episode? Or it could or be reveal, not important at all. I don't know, but I did notice that that like there's kind of an implication. No, yeah, there. becomes the scarecrow, or Pink becomes the scarecrow who needs a brain. Right? That's how the plot goes. Well, but pink is l- the brain. Let me say he this. has a brain. <laughs> That's why it's so poetic. I have to go through a trial without a brain. Pink is a doctor. Cur- let, let me say this. Do I have to perform surgery somewhere dun, dun, over dun, the dun, rainbow? Dun, dun. And wait, somehow, oh. somehow, somehow, Orange knows what an appendectomy is. Oh my God! Somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that could be something. That could be something. One last follow through before we go a question that I have for you. So Pink figured out, of course, about the loss of core memory, but the keeping, you know, specific skill sets, which is why he seems to understand medicine. So he might be a doctor or a nurse or something. I'm kind of seeing that maybe Orange was some kind of athlete, probably a football player, given the aggression. And my predilection for tackling. I can see that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering, what do you think the other skill sets are that people have? Uh, Blue can follow the yellow brick road. Um. (laughs) Blue said that she feels like she's dealt with a lot of crisis scenarios or something. She was like, I feel like I'm used to this or something. Oh, that was weird. So does she work in HR? What's going on? I was like, what's going on here? She she leads the VR tours. (laughs) She leads memory wiping VR tours. There you go. (laughs) Sounds like it. Still the big bad. She could also be a a social worker. Yeah, she could have, like, social work vibes. HR could tie into the corporate team building angle, though. (laughs) I have, like, mentally assigned who all of these people would be if this hypothetically was, like... Corporate team building for like the you tech really industry. Want this to be corporate yeah. team building. No, I, I don't. I just recon. I work in the tech industry, so it was like very easy for my brain to just categorize. Everybody <laughs> Got based it. Off of that. Got it. Any further predictions, not only of people's uh, like their contributions or their skill sets before we before we wrap up and chat. This is your last chance as well to start putting in your guesses for next week. Is Red in the military? Because he said, Red said recon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's either that or enthusiastic Call of Duty. The Red test is courage. And Red seemed, Red, the character, seemed to be the one who was most scared. And who Ooh. needed to, kind of, like, who kind of, like, had a moment, you know, like, on the That's line. Good. So and I'm like, it, yeah, so what does Orange need? Patience? Yeah, 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 because if like, it's Rainbow, it's Orange next. Silence. <laughs> yeah, Orange is next, theoretically, if we're going Rainbow <laughs> Order. Maybe Orange's test is... Not being mad. It's just, <laughs> the whole episode is a wow. therapy session. Um, it's just a counseling session. Yeah. Does that mean Violet is the boss? Oh. That all of us have to do? Is this group Violet therapy? Violet is the villain. This is group therapy. Group <laughs> it's not AR future survivor. It's future VR group AR therapy. therapy. <laughs> Thanks for calling out my apparent one personality trait there, <laughs> Blue. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Okay, with that, we do have to wrap up the show. Thank you so much, everybody, uh, for the audience, for watching, and for all of you actors who are just amazing performers that keep us super riveted to this story every week. I am just as excited for next week as you are to watch this mystery unfold, because I'm having fun. Pretty sure you're having fun. And I know the producers are having fun, too. 
Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by our writing partner, Declan Grogan. Music by Vincenzo Torsiello. Hub is written by Nicole Tuttle. We do this every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and every Tuesday, the videos are posted on YouTube, and the audio is available on all streaming platforms. Make sure to follow us online on all social media at Platform Prodco, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-P-R-O-D-C-O, for more, and we will see you next time.